Hi, this is Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, telling you to stay tuned to WNJC 1360 AM for Thursday in the Doghouse. Coming right up. Mama was a mutt. Daddy was one too. Me, I'm a little bit of everything. Everything that I use. One day I'm walking. Good morning, listeners. Welcome once again to Thursday in the Doghouse. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. And I'm your host, Karen Fazio, the Dog Super Nanny. In case you're not familiar with our show, we're here every Thursday morning from 10 to 10.30 discussing our favorite topic, the dog. Thursday in the Doghouse is the only talk radio show of its kind in New Jersey. Karen and I hope that you, the dog-owning community, will all become very well-informed pet parents to your special companion pet. If you are tuning in for the first time today, you can listen to all of our past programs by going to my website, www.jerseydogtrainer.com, and click on the page marked Rini's Radio Show. You'll see a page full of podcasts listing all the subjects of the shows that we've done so far. You can also visit Karen's website at www.mybestfrienddogschool.com. Our special guest today is Dr. Arthur Young. Dr. Young is a homeopathic veterinarian who is nationally known as a practitioner, lecturer, teacher, and author. He has over five decades of experience as a clinician, researcher, and instructor. Dr. Young resides in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and he conducts a very busy consultation practice and speaking schedule. Dr. Young has spoken to us before about dogs who suffer from digestion problems and other ailments. But today he's going to discuss allergies in our pets and things that cause them. Before we talk to Dr. Young, please let Karen tell you what services she offers as a professional dog trainer specializing in fear and aggression. Are you the owner of a fearful or aggressive dog and don't know where to turn? Have you called other trainers and they've turned you down because they don't want to deal with an aggression case? Then My Best Friend Dog Training and its special service, the Dog Super Nanny, is maybe just what you're looking for. We do in-home private consultations. We're located in Keyport, New Jersey, and we do travel. Our phone number is 732-533-9376, and our website is mybestfrienddogschool.com. We are positive-based trainers and don't use physical punishment or fear as a way to motivate your dog. We use games and fun as a way to do that, and we also help you during the whole process. So give us a call. We're here for you. 732-533-9376. Welcome back to Thursday in the Doghouse. Karen Fazio and I are going to be talking with Dr. Arthur Young. Hi, Dr. Young. How are you this morning? Yes. Good morning, ladies. And uh, it's a beautiful day, is it not? And I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Good. Well, I hope so, too. And, um, Dr. Young, our topic today is allergies in our pets, particularly dogs and cats, too. We can discuss them. What Can you define exactly what is an allergy? Well, you know, an allergy is like a uh, a kind of like an oddball reaction by the an abnormal reaction of the body to a previously encountered substance that has uh, caused 
a problem but hasn't been seen. But yet it's set up a situation where the next time that particular material was introduced into the body, the body at that point in time being hypersensitized to it reacted and the immune system reacted and it can be very violent, it can be a mild itching, it can be such things as vomiting and diarrhea, collapse, mm -hmm. anything. But an allergy is a big deal in this country for our pets and for us, you see. Right. So, so in, a way, in a way, it's an altered body reaction. All right. Not a typical reaction, but the body gets bananas because it's being invaded by a foreign substance mm -hmm. that it is hypersensitized to. Okay. I have a question. Mm -hmm. What what would what would you consider um, to be the most common allergies, and what are they caused by? Well, the most common allergies in veterinary practice, is, as far as it goes back a long, long way, when I first got out of school many years ago, is skin. Mm -hmm. All those uh, skin ailments, the itching and the, the rashes and the scabs and the sores, that is number one as far as I can see. And then, of course, other than that, we have allergies due to uh, over-vaccination, mm -hmm. allergies due to food, and all of the substances. We'll talk that a little bit about that, if you like. Yes, I, I would love oh, to. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it goes on with that. And uh, so your skin and then uh, digestive, the digestive system and, uh, and of course, vaccinations. But it's, it, it's a covers such a wide range. And people have a tendency to, to uh, simplify it. They say, well, it's an allergy. Well, an allergy is a very complex reaction in the body that uh, creates a lot of discomfort and costs the public a fortune of money. Mm -hmm. So, oh. so Dr. Young, if, if a dog has a skin allergy um, and people don't have the money to have the dog tested, um, because I understand it is pretty expensive to go through that type of testing, is there anything that people can do if their dog is itching? What sort of things would you suggest to people to look at in the dog's environment, in the dog's food, as to figure out what could help the dog? The first thing is change of diet. Nutrition is probably, well, one of the biggest things you could possibly deal with in, in the field of, uh, you know, uh, animal care. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my next is, question, what kind of food? Yeah, and something that is not covered very, 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 very much in detail by veterinary doctors, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, by virtue of the fact that uh, that's the way it is. I mean, MDs know little, very little about nutrition and, and, su and the subsequent allergies. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, a raw food diet, a raw food diet, boy, that strikes fear in the hearts of everybody. Absolutely. But a raw food diet mm -hmm. is the thing that the first thing that you should do when you are involved with skin problems. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the name of a book. Everybody should own this book. They can refer to it, and it will explain to them just how to do it. The book is called Dr. Pitcairn's. Dr. Pitcairn's last name is P is in Peter I T C A I R N S. Dr. Pitcairn's Complete Guide to Natural Health for Dogs and Cats. And you can get it through Amazon and you can get it through Barnes and Noble. Okay. Uh, and everybody anybody who owns a dog or a cat ought to have the book anyway, and it really goes into detail on diet and what to do when you have skin problems like that. Okay. Beautiful. 
beautiful, beautiful job. Okay. So so suppose the dog is not on a raw diet, and um, I'm going to make a, a, a generalization because it's, it's going to happen very often if people say, I'm thinking about putting my dog on a raw food diet, and they say that to their veterinarian. Um, when the vet gets up off the floor after fainting, um, yep. they're not going to say, okay, that's a good idea. So um, Say something that I've said for years and years and years. Have you ever seen a dog sitting around a campfire cooking a hamburger? <laughs> no. Enough said. Done. Now, I, I, I have a question, Dr. Young. Sure. Um, if, if the allergy is related to hormones or um, additives, um, genetically modified corn or whatever it is that they're feeding the animals that we get the raw meat from, how do we know that a raw food diet is going to work? I mean, do you recommend well, organic food? Well, what is your you recommendation for this raw food? Yeah, well, the deal is this. The raw food, the raw meat, for instance, like, uh, or, or half-cooked, we'll say. You start it off that way anyway. The hamburger and the chicken that you buy at the, the supermarket, I have not had a problem with it be very mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Of course, organic is the ideal thing, but, you know, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. But I have been telling people for years to start off with a half, with half-cooked raw food. Could be chicken, could be, could be, uh, venison, could be hamburger, could, anyway, anything like that. And continue on. You, of course, you can't, you can't do it without having some information. That's why I recommended this book by Dr. Pitcairn, so you could, you wouldn't have to spend a, a lot of money to go to some place that doesn't believe in raw food anyway. Mm-hmm. What do you so, think of this kangaroo meat that's like the hottest trend now? Fine. Fine. No problem. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, though. It's a very interesting thing that we're talking a lot about in these, uh, these raw, raw food diets, et cetera, and what you feed them. DNA plays a part in it, believe it or not. It goes back a long way. You take, for instance, a dog like a Lhasa Apso. Lhasa Apsos were bred. They were originated in Tibet. What do you think they brought? They were fed when they were being all those hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. They were being fed yak milk and yak meat. And they come here to the United States. That is the, the offspring, we'll say, the descendants. Their, their, their DNA says yak meat and yak milk, and they're feeding them dry dog food. That makes and, a lot of sense. They wonder why they're having trouble with their skin mm-hmm. or their bowels. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every dog, obviously. Right. But the one thing that you have to stress here is the individuality of every animal. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question. Where do you get yak meat? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you take a nice vacation and you go to Los <laughs> And I've been there, so I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, the point is that the raw diet with raw vegetables. Now... When you use raw vegetables to mix it in with your with your raw or half-cooked meat, you take the vegetables, any kind of a vegetable you want, except onions. Onions are a problem. I won't, I won't explain it right now, but I can tell you later. But anybody, any vegetable except onions, you put it in the blender and you zap it one and you make it into a, a mush. Why? Because all, of, all plants have in their cells, wall, stuff called cellulose. Dogs don't do well with cellulose. They have a tough time digesting it. So when you put them in the blender, it breaks down the cellulose, and the animal gets the optimum effect from the raw vegetable. That's very interesting. That's interesting. I think. Mm-hmm. What about fruit? 
Same. You could make ten uh, percent of a dog's diet could be fruit. Wow. So any kind of fruit, Doctor Young, even bananas. But that again. Any kind of fruit would be okay uh, because uh, people are telling me that their vets are saying not to give a dog bananas. I don't know uh, about that. I don't think many people give their dog bananas. I've never suggested that they do, so I have no experience with dogs reacting to bananas. Well, that just I really can't. But you can certainly get there's all kinds of fruit out there besides bananas. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the uh, the point of, get, of, the, of the, the the vegetables being putting through the the uh, blender is very very important. So fifty mm-hmm. percent of the diet can be raw meat. Twenty-five percent of the diet can be raw vegetables, such as I described, and the other twenty-five percent there's got to be some carbohydrate. Dogs don't need a lot of carbohydrate, I might, I might add, mm-hmm. but that can be done very simply and, and cheaply with overcooked oatmeal. Anytime you give a dog a grain like that, you have to, you, you do much better if you overcook it. One of the biggest like, problems, one of the biggest like problems, like like you know, is, is is the grain that's in dog foods. Mm-hmm. How so do you, you cook the oatmeal? Do you cook it dry or do you cook it like you're going to eat it? Cook it like you're going to eat it. Throw it on the stove and if it says cook it five minutes, cook it ten minutes. <laughs> that's, that's so simple. It's almost ridiculous. Yes, it is. But I mean to tell you, and of course the other thing is this too. You have to understand that animals should have a balanced diet. Mm-hmm. We've got a really toxic environment. We're out there breathing it and sleep, laying on it and whatnot, but dogs don't even wear clothes. No shoes and no socks. There they are out there walking around it and then lapping their paws. No wonder they get into all kinds of trouble, particularly grass. Mm -hmm. Grass, which the guy next door has been using fertilizer on, and when it rains, all that runoff comes down into your your yard. Right. Think about it. That, oh, that's a, that's that's really a, an important thought because you know the, you have to consider the neighbors. If the neighbors are close to you and they are fertilizing, and you're trying to protect your animals and not fertilizing, you you better watch what your neighbor is doing. Absolutely. Keep, wow, I didn't oh, think of that myself. Environmental uh, things are uh, uh, are a big are, are a big thing. You take, for instance, in the house. Let's talk about cleaning solutions. Uh-huh. All the things that you use to wash the floors with, mm-hmm. and they're very toxic, mm-hmm. and the animals are walking around around it. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about rugs. Let's talk about the fact that rug, that rug manufacturers put formaldehyde in the rugs mm-hmm. that keeps the the uh, the nap of the uh, the yarn. The it protects it. You see, mm-hmm. well, it protects that, but it doesn't protect the dogs. Right. Because dogs are extremely sensitive to formaldehyde. Can you imagine? Right. 24-7 for your whole life, you're lying on something that's poisonous. Wow. <clears throat> isn't, that, isn't that shocking? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Hooray for wood floors, eh? Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> but now how, okay, so how are these things manifested? One of the biggest problems that you see is ears. Dogs whose ears are always in trouble. That mm-hmm. very often is a result of diet. And, it, and the way you attack that, in part, not entirely, of course, but is to, is to go to a raw diet. Mm-hmm. I, I really tell you the truth. I tell people don't buy anything that's in the store. You really can't. You, most of the dog foods are not what they really ought to be. You know why? And I want to tell you something that's going to really knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard about roadkill? Yes. Good. Well, that's... You're, you're well informed then, because roadkill goes into dog food all the time. Right, we know. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah, every time these ants, never mind the 
Remember, mind the roadkill, along with their collars and their rabies tags. Mm. They don't take those things off when the truck drives up and dumps all these poor animals into whatever they do. I know for a fact that, um, you know, horses, when they get sick or something and they've been on medication, um, they keep them alive until they get to the killers, and then they're killed and sold for pet food so you know dogs could be eating the medication that horses are that horses have had absolutely no question about it yeah but i think that uh, people should really look nobody can sit here and listen to you and i talk and absorb more than one third of it mm-hmm. the point is this they've got people have to educate themselves mm-hmm. they've got to do a little reading they've got to go go, go. you can find anything you want on google mm-hmm and uh, study that a little bit, so you'll know so you'll know what you're doing. Look, a dog, a dog is this way. A dog is basically a carnivore, but through the years they've developed into the quintessential omnivore. Mm-hmm. Now, vegan. Excuse my friend, my I get so carried away sometimes. <laughs> but I will tell you, <laughs> they they'll eat anything. Yeah. You know, they'll eat anything that's not nailed down on the house. There that's are some true. dogs, of course, that are picky, that's but true. for the most part, a dog is going to. Eat anything that's made available to him. That's the truth, Dr. Young. And uh, very quickly, I want to make a comment. Um, you're familiar with my dog. You've been my vet for about a year now, and I, uh, I can't thank you enough for helping uh, my little dog, Hoffman. But the truth is, when we go for a walk, if I don't catch him fast enough, anything he'll pull out of the grass and eat has never made him sick. So it, it makes me wonder, I mean, if he was a stray dog and he had to survive out there on his own, I probably would get an upset stomach just thinking about the things that he would eat, but he could keep himself alive and maybe not even get sick from what he's eating because it's all raw or all natural. How do You know, I mean, so nothing's cooked out there. Um, so that, I think that that's just an interesting point that, you know, you can pick up anything out of the grass, you can eat vermin or dead dead squirrels or whatever you're finding out there, an animal can still stay alive. As far as they're concerned, they're the best things to get a hold of. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> died. Right. Um, Dr. Young, we're going to take a very, very short break, uh, a little commercial break, and when we come back, I'd like to talk to you especially about the allergies that our dogs are uh, afflicted with during the autumn weather. We'll be right back. You got it. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Premeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age, and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609 609- 280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com
I'm here with my co-host, Rini Permeza, and we're speaking with Dr. Arthur Young, who is a homeopathic veterinarian. And I have one quick question, because I know Rini wanted to ask about autumn weather and, and allergies, but really quick. Um, since dogs are natural scavengers, how often should we be feeding them? I mean, would you recommend that we feed them several times throughout the day in small little portions or the traditional, you know, meal in the morning and the meal at night day? Oh, am I glad you asked that question. <laughs> dogs should be fed once a day. Okay. You put the food down for 20 to 30 minutes, and if they eat it, fine, and if they don't eat it, you take it away. That's important. The animals, dogs and cats in this country, they get grossly overfed. So feeding an animal once a day, a dog, is the way to go. And number two, and I'm going to surprise you right now. That surprised me. The the next thing is that once, once a week, dogs should be fasted. One day a week, they should only get like like chicken broth, like that, like that, and water, and and whatever you know stuff they they get on the side, like food or whatever. But even then, one day a week should be a fast day. It allows the body to detox itself. It allows mm. the intestines to become uh, emptied out of all of the different things that have been eating during the week. I will tell you now. The biggest cause of allergy is, 90% of the causes of allergy in dogs is an unhealthy small intestine. Mm-hmm. And you have to address that issue. That's, most people don't, well, most people, 199% of the people don't know that. Mm-hmm. So I always, when I treat my allergy patients, I always make sure they're getting a supplement that stimulates the healing of the small intestine. And what, what supplement would that be, Dr. Young? Sorry? What supplement would that be? There's a, well, it's something you'd have to get from your veterinarian. Uh, it's, uh, it's made by a company up in Palmyra, Wisconsin. Okay. Called, uh, that's standard process. Right. Well, only the vets, but the, the, pro, the product is canine enteric supplement. Enteric, that's E-N-T-E-R-I-C, canine enteric well, actually, it's canine enteric support. Right. I always, when I get an animal who's got some skin problems or any kind of an allergic situation, he goes on that canine enteric support mm-hmm. for 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And we, what happens is that the, the cells that are in the intestine, become, they come separated from one another. So there's space, microscopic to be sure, mm-hmm. but there's space between the cells. So all the stuff that the animals are getting is leaking, not just into the intestines, but it's leaking out into the system. I see. And that's where these allergies occur. The mm-hmm. stuff that's leaking out is an enemy. It's a, it's a foreign invader as far as the immune system is concerned, right. which is our first line of defense. Okay. So you have to bring those cells together. You have to tighten up that gut, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the canine, and they have a feline also, enteric support, to do this, and I want to tell you something, it's miraculous. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do that to so every patient you get that's got allergies, you're missing the boat. Okay. And do you so, have a question about autumn allergies? Yes, I do. Uh, you know, um, I meet uh, many, many dogs, especially uh, from the end of August until maybe the beginning of November, um, who suffer greatly from, uh, during the autumn weather, um, uh, uh, lots and lots of itching, very severe itching, what can we do for those dogs uh, because we can't change the environment? The point is that many allergies are seasonal. 
It begins in the spring. So we see tremendous amount of the stuff, the same thing you're seeing, you're talking about. <clears throat> we see it in the in the spring, too, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's spring and fall. Mm -hmm. well, in the spring, it's all that new growth. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's all that new growth mm -hmm. and pollen. Right. And in the fall, it's the plants that are dying. Mm -hmm. Things that change. The chemistry of the grass starts to change. The chemistry of the leaves and everything that's falling on the ground changes. Mm -hmm. And as a result, those chemical changes also enhance allergic response in those individuals who are susceptible. Well, my dog is. I'm the telling you, he word. suffers terribly in the, in the fall. Key, the key word here is susceptibility. If they're not susceptible, they could, no matter what happens in the ground or leaves or grass, it doesn't make any difference. Right. They won't have an allergy. But right. they're susceptible, and the susceptibility is something that's passed on from generation to generation. Ah. Not that the allergy is genetic, but the susceptibility is. Okay. The allergy symptoms, however, that you see are not the disease. They are the language of disease. There is an underlying problem that has to be addressed. And I'll tell you right now, the one thing that doesn't address it the way it should is cortisone. Mm -hmm. You know, you've heard of prednisone? Absolutely. Everybody's suppressing the symptoms of prednisone. Yeah. <clears throat> and as a result, the dogs feel better mm -hmm. because it's an anti-inflammatory. Right. However, the rub here is that the, the body protects itself through a number of different ways, and one of them is inflammation. Mm-hmm. Without inflammation, the body it doesn't isn't responding it with uh, a way to get rid of the the original problem. Mm -hmm. So you give them an anti-inflammatory, you suppress the symptoms, the disease energy that you're dealing with goes back into the body, and it, it's just worse the next year. So do you suggest that nothing be given to the dog to help his symptoms and let him just suffer through it? Oh, help I didn't say that. Oh, okay. I didn't get a chance to answer you. Okay. You, number one, you have to... Now, when I used to practice in Florida... We, there was a song called, uh, in the state upwards, it called Georgia on My Mind. Mm -hmm. We had Florida on my coat. <laughs> and I would tell people to make sure that in those times of the year, when you're having a lot of that problem, <clears throat> just go ahead and give your dog a bath mm -hmm. in aloe and oatmeal. Okay. Find a product that contains uh, no perfume stuff and no, no chemicals, plain old, you can find these products on the market. Mm -hmm. Aloe and oatmeal shampoo, do it once a week if you have to. Okay. There are other things. Uh, there are some wonderful, you know, natural products out there that for allergy, rather than using drugs such as Benadryl, mm -hmm. products uh, like one of the products made by Standard Project is a product called Antronex. Antronex. And then there's another. You know what I do? I want to tell you one of the big things that really drives dogs crazy is the stress of it all. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, you like to scratch all day long. Right. I went through that. I once had a sunburn, and I sat there in my junior year in vet school, and I scratched instead of taking notes. I will tell you, it's very, very stressful, so you must think about during that part of the year to give your dog's rescue remedy. Oh. Now, I know that Karen knows all about rescue remedy, mm -hmm. but it's one of the great, one of the great behavior, uh, 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 materials used in, in veterinary medicine. I recommend it all the time. Holistic, you know. Mm -hmm. Give Absolutely. your dog rescue remedy. You can get it down at Whole Foods. Okay. You give the average dog 
say uh, the average dog, 25, 30, 40 pounds. Right. Give them about four drops on their ear skin. Okay. Just drop it on the ear skin, and, walk, and that's the part of the ear skin that's hairless. Uh-huh. So it's on the, the upper part of the ear. Right. And then you just rub it in with your finger a little tiny bit, and you do that four times a day. Oh. You can do it 444 times a day mm-hmm. because Rescue Remedy is made out of flower petals. Right. Nobody right. ODs on flower petals. Right. And does that get absorbed into the bloodstream? At, uh, immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it can be used, as I say, just give them something to deal with the stress. And Rescue Remedy has so many spin-offs that it will also help the allergic response. Okay. Can you do that for cats, too? Absolutely. Yeah. Rescue Remedy is safe for all animals and humans. I've, I've done a lot of anxiety? research on it. Huh? What again? Does that help anxiety, too? Yeah. It's used, it's used for, it's a human product. It was no, I know it's used for anxiety, but I mean rubbing it on the ears. Yeah. It'll go right into the oh, bloodstream. You can also put it on the tongue. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can put it in their mouth. I don't like it in my mouth because it's got a little zap to it. It's got mm-hmm. a little tiny bit of alcohol. Right. But at the same time, it, you know, you can put it in their food. Yeah. Listen, uh, everybody, um, unfortunately, uh, I think I have to interrupt you just for a minute. I want to make sure, Dr. Young, that you get your information um, out to the public here. Can you give out your website and your email address, please, so if people have any questions about today's program or they want Absolutely. to talk to you? Absolutely. People will send me some, uh, some questions. <clears throat> my, my email is docappleseed, like Johnny Appleseed. I'm docappleseed at uh, comcast.net. And my, uh, my website is homeopathyanimals.com. Okay. There I am. Do you want to give out your phone number just in case? Sure. It's area code 856-437-6524. Dr. Young, we want you to come back, and we'll figure out a subject to talk to you about the next time because you're a wonderful educator, and I hope that everybody who's listening today really took notes. I know I have a whole bunch of notes here, uh, not just for myself, but to pass off to people. I had a question. The last, the, on my, uh, office phone, that is, I just want to repeat it, 856-637-6524. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for uh, talking with us today, and we enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm sure that, Karen, Karen, I'm sure you got a lot out of this, too. And um, we'll talk to everybody next Thursday from 10 to 10.30 in the morning right here on WNJC, 1360 AM. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Dr. Young. Yes, ma'am. Where you been since 2 o'clock? I've been holding it in. Grab the leash, let's go chop, chop. If I don't get out soon, the court's going to Go out.